I feel like they've they've spent all this time adding all these rounds, and it's it's kind of pointless if they don't fix the zeroing. And it, and it should. I mean, it's programmatically, it's probably not that straightforward, right? Because some of the other stuff, like audio, I can kind of forgive them for because it's just tricky, right? Whereas like this is part of the Milsimi realistic dream the battle state has this is supposed to be like their jam right and that's why this in particular i'm like guys you have to kind of fix this because it's it's part of like what i see them as being experts at welcome to scav talk this escape from tarkov podcast with a continued focus on development of the game patch note analysis theory crafting and joint gameplay discussions my name is Church. I'm one of your hosts. I am a video editor for Airwing Marine and Rock Mom. I'm Giga Beef, a Tarkov YouTuber helping you guys get better at the game that we know and love, which is Escape from Tarkov. And welcome back to Scav Talk, everybody. Hope you're having a, a, a wonderful week. We've been, well, I guess, what's been happening in your in your world, Church, this week? Has there, there been much Tarkov? It's pretty, it's pretty slow right now, right? Yeah, same as usual. I did log on with the buddy to get some screenshots for him for one of his projects um one of my editing buddies so um that was it that was the rape and then i got one tapped it was weird man it's just like god dark off really loves kicking your balls but i literally walked i shot at a scav i missed with my because i had to get on my usic account my level one account because he wanted a usic and not a bear so anyways mm-hmm. i shoot the scav he goes inside the reserve one of the pond buildings or whatever I follow him. I walk past the stairs. I was just gonna like strafe and just like hit fire and shoot him. And he one taps me. And I'm thinking, oh man, he got a headshot. That's crazy, right? I look at the death screen and it's like two hits on my chest and then collateral left arm with PS. And it was just a regular scab, it wasn't a raider. And I, I like I asked him, I was like, my buddy, I was like, did he one tap me? And he was like what and then i was like and i told him what happened with the death screen he was like i only heard one shot i'm thinking oh my god Um, dude now scavs are like also producing this like multi-hit bug it just like i literally had pack armor on so like it didn't do anything but like makes me think like whenever you encounter those cracked scavs that just like shred you up it's like are they just shooting a single bullet and it's like registering multiple times or whatever like i have no idea is it fragmentation going on i don't know but it was like ah uh, tarkov <laughs> you know yeah exactly it's was like that, tar- what was that a 762 by 39 ps yeah 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 one of those one of those boys because what is actually the fragmentation chance on that guy it is 25 percent. so it's not <clears> inconsequential <throat> i suppose but i had actually a very similar situation it was one of the i think it was one of the very first tiktoks that i made it was me getting and it was clear that the scav's only shooting one round at a time and i got one tapped with m61 and I was like, maybe it was a frag, but the M61 fragmentation is really, really low, um, which made me very, very suspect. It's thirteen uh, percent. So again, it's it's possible, but just makes me does make you wonder sometimes that there was there was also somebody else who was I can't I actually can't remember who this was now. It's kind of bad, but somebody was messaging me on some platform somewhere. Like mm-hmm. it's. it's it's very hard to keep track of, <laughs> yeah. of everybody across the you know, on like YouTube comments and then in right. the Twitch live stream and then um across like Insta and Twitter and blah, 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 Discord is like so many. But someone was telling me about potentially some issue which I haven't looked at where you should get shot in the arm and then if you get shot like I can't remember exactly how it was, it was like if you get shot in the 
in in the lower arm it can travel through to the upper arm and then hit you twice or something there's like some some weird thing maybe that was mm. going on but I, I hadn't looked into it properly i don't know so i mean you don't you, it's just so hard to tell and test with these things until we have co-op offline it makes it so hard to test these things because it's just so much time and work to go in and monitor this stuff and you really yeah. have to just be able to iterate many many times go into factory offline shoot each other look at the check the end screen leave again come back in leave again come back in because it's so hard because if you try to do two-player testing because i've done a little bit of testing recently like more than i've ever done because i've always stayed away from this kind of thing just because it was always really tough um we have to like unless you've got five to go into factory which we probably could have done in the end but um there weren't enough people at the beginning where after you have to go to shoreline you like skirt around the edges and you have to make sure you don't bump into anybody you have to bring all the stuff you want to test with on your back and it's painful so i don't know lots of these things go untested i think just because of the people just can't be bothered to do it it's just annoying <laughs> a lot it's a lot of work yeah it is it is it is a lot of work and it's especially it depends what kind like some things are easier than others but yeah testing armor with different ammos and you have to bring them in you have to ruin good armor yep. to go and do it and it's not it's not really a big deal towards the end of the white but you know again with suppressor testing you have to bring all the suppressors into the raid and reattach and detach them off your gun and mm-hmm. and, and that kind of thing so it's yeah it's not <clears throat> it's not the not the best it's not the best I think that's, yeah. I mean, the, the flechette one was kind of funny because we were thinking about like what the best way to do that was even. How do you test with, with a couple of people without five going into factory? Because that's where most people do it. But yeah. we end up going to shoreline and we're like, well, actually, we don't need more than two to do the actual testing. One person with a shotty and I want them to shoot me, really. I yeah. did end up taking the other people's perspectives because we ended up having all people who could record, which is good. But I was like, well, if I have the local recording, of me getting shot, then it's consistent, it's easy, and I have it on my computer as well. It means I don't have to fiddle around with it or do anything with it. Um, so I just had one person with a shotgun and then me, but we had a third person as well, um, which is Deep Space Wonder from my Discord. And uh, he was just on protection duty. So he had like the third, and he was just like <laughs> roaming around with the scope, just like making sure that people didn't come over and you know, listen to what these random individual shots of Flechette were yeah. <laughs> over in the corner of the map. So that's, I don't know, it's good. It's a good community bonding exercise but mm-hmm. other than that yeah it's i just can't wait for a co-op offline oh it would be so good it'd be so good it'd be so good i think that's the issue it's right tarkov supposed to be in testing we're supposed to be testing this kind of thing but we're, we're not given the tools to do so um, yeah it's like testing in a live setting yeah which is which is fine and i understand their mm-hmm. rationale sometimes where they're like we kind of want, you know, we want to see what the community's reaction is or, or you know, that, that kind of thing, which is fine. But if you, the testing like game mechanics should be should be a better way of actually doing that because otherwise bugs just go unnoticed for ages. People aren't sure yeah. whether they're bugs or not. People talk about right. getting quad tapped with BP by raiders. And I know that, you know, the big streamers are still complaining about getting multi-tapped by labs raiders, by um, like bosses, guards, whatever. Like you get hit three, four times with BP, but it only sounds like one shot. And I know Battle State in the past have said, no, it's not a bug. And then sometimes, oh, no, but it is a bug. And like, not, no one really knows. It makes it kind of hard. But yeah, it is what it is. It is what it is. Um, um, I guess we should just cover the news off quickly before we go on to other stuff. So sure. RMT, RMT updates is in full force. They've made some tweaks to the RMT updates, it seems. Yeah, I think you can now. I think you can now bring in 
Well, they, they've changed it. So I don't think the actual, did, correct me if I'm wrong, but I don't think the actual RMT changes have changed at all. So whatever whatever the RMT changes were, so you can't bring in any loot items, that's just, is, that's just as it is. But then the things that have been adjusted are other items that are not loot that you bring into raid, like thermals and things like that, where you can only bring it, a bit like bags, right? Where you can only bring in five thermal scopes, for example. So you can only bring in like five flares for your buddies. Which, I mean, it, seems, it still seems like a lot to me, but there's a couple of those things. It's like um, you can only carry so many of these items into raid, and there was a there was a couple of different ones. Thermals was the ones that came to mind. I don't think there were any any others that particularly mattered off the top of my head. I'd have to I go and have a look have, at the, the changes again. But I was gonna say I must have missed this because I don't remember gear. Um, so my my understanding is that what they did is a couple of months, maybe longer ago, they put a bunch of limits, carry limits on items. Mm-hmm. So yeah. like three GPUs, two GPUs, you know, five GP coins, three Bitcoins. There's, a, there's like just a max you could carry on your character. Yeah. Um, and so they loosened that a bit with this latest change because... I don't know. <laughs> I mean, it, like, I don't know. It's weird because, and like, I would just think that you could just remove them completely, but I guess they just want to like cover their bases in a way. Um, but I guess the logic is because they have, you can't drop these items. You know, you would have to find three Lettuxes, um, which is like highly unlikely. So it's like, the reason they put in the carry limit was the counteract RMT. That was the reason. Now there's a exactly. new mechanic that shortcuts that, you know. So it's like I guess it's the old mechanic like doesn't really make sense anymore. It's sort of way. like well, I don't know. I feel like they're two different systems working in tandem because one is about re. I mean, it, one it, it's not about finding raid items, but it encompasses finding raid items. Right, mm-hmm. the old system encompasses finding raid items because you can only carry yes. so many. So if you found three LEDXs, you wouldn't be able to take them all out of the raid, and that right. To me, targets people using cheats to be able to see all the stuff is and who've pulled the good loot and not be able to take out loads of things out of one raid. I, mm. I guess whether that does that has the desired effect, I don't know. And then the other side of it is about not being able to bring in stuff to then give to those players who are paying. Um, it, was, it would be my impression. So, so the latest changes basically. So, you, before you could only take in two hundred eighty k. But it's actually been like raised for some reason. So you could only take in 280k. Now you could take in 400k into raid. Mm-hmm. You could take in $4,000. Now you can take in 8,000. Same, same with euros. Four bitcoins rather than three. 10 GP coins rather than seven. I mean, it's, it's like kind of big numbers, right? Like 10, yeah, 10 but GP like, coins. It doesn't make sense because it. you bring them in, you can't drop them. And if you No, die, you can't drop them or... if you bring them in anyway. So this is all about founding raid items. Like right. you now have, have two key cards. Well, why uh, even... sorry, three three labs awesome. key cards? It's just like why even fiddle with it, really? I get this is just like quality of life for like actual players. I think real players, you can have three. You can get three key cards. Like if you already have a key card and you find two more key cards in rage, you can now keep them all rather than having to mm-hmm. discard one. If you if you so happen to find two blue cards or two violet cards or whatever, mm-hmm. that seems to be the idea. So that's that was that. But then then the next the next set of changes was the the restrictions in raid one. So you can bring five and because this was so this was a restriction that wasn't there before but now is in place so you can bring in five t7 goggles at most or have five on you at 
at any one time, I guess, is the is the deal. Um, same with PNV10s, same with all basically all the night visions and all the thermals. It's, it's this kind on of strange. Tarkov changes? Yes. So it's the so the Tarkov changes one, the first one is the one that we were talking about before. Oh, um, a... And then the previous one is, I think it's listed as the day before or something. But that's I the see. one that I'm talking about. And there's actually uh, more okay. there. And there was a discard limit as well changed. So rather than it being one per stim, it's now two per stim. So now oh, you can discard okay. two Propotols per raid rather than just the one. Okay. To a buddy or whatever. Right. So that was tweaked slightly. And yeah, you can only take in five of all the thermals and all the night visions sides. Okay. So just in case you might want to be giving someone 20 thermal scopes, right, to, right, you can still right. bring five in for your squad, I guess. I, I was like brainstorming I mean, it, still, wondering whether... You could just mm. do four different... Raids. Yeah, you just do four different raids, but it's a pain. the the one The one thing mm. I was like, I was musing about because I was like, hang on a sec, because I was like, the restrictions in raid. I was like, uh, I was like mulling over in my brain whether there was any way that you could do something silly like bring in. But it, it, it doesn't. It doesn't work like this. I was like, I was trying to. I was trying to muse whether there was some way of being like, you know, you bring in like five, throw four away, but then one person like when when you're when the person sees your body, then like it disappears because it's like one over the limit or something. But I was like, no, I did. there's no, there's no way to like gamify it so that you wouldn't ever get it back. When I first saw it, that's what I was thinking. Like, oh, maybe there's how a way for it. Yeah. How how could you do it? So, not that I would get it back, but how could you do it so when the person comes to loot you, the thermal scope's mm -hmm. just like magically vaporized? But I don't I don't think it works like that, unfortunately, because that would be that would be kind of funny. Well, um, if it's just like, well, you know, if I can't get it back, then you can't have it either, kind of thing. <laughs> <laughs> there is an inter there is an interesting I think it's it's very, very niche, but in the event you have Red Rebel and you find a Red Rebel, you take the Fountain Raid one and put it into your slot and put the non Fountain Raid one into your backpack or container if you really want. But you you it, we'll stick with the backpack analogy. If you put it in your backpack and you die, it gets vaporized. But you get to keep the other red rebel if you survive then now you have an extra red rebel that you could vendor or, or whatever you can't give it to a friend but you mm -hmm. can vendor it so there's a little bit of extra money there's a similar examples of like keys you know you instead yeah. of putting it you know you you, you just swap the you just swap them out and then if you die <laughs> the other guy doesn't they're missing out loot so it's like a it's a spike secondary thing than, it well yeah. it I mean, it is and it isn't because, yeah. I mean, actually, well, yeah, I guess. But like, I don't know. I'm trying to think. What, like, what, what would be? What else would you do? I mean, that just seems that that's just where my brain goes, and it seems like the default thing to do because you're not. Mm. I don't know. It's just an extra way to crank out rubles if it makes sense. Slots per rubles. Yeah, I don't know yeah. with the math, but. Which it and might well do with these high value items, but you know, interesting uh <laughs> interaction there. Yeah. I don't know. Exactly. Kinda, exactly. I, I just uh, that I don't know. I don't like it. Um, I don't like it. I don't think it. it really changes too much, but it's just like, you know, that's happened. And then um, the only other thing I think was that like the flea fees. You know, there was a whole load of videos going around saying like the flea fees have changed, they've changed the formula so that when you try to put up 
X item at 90k. It's the mm -hmm. the fee is now 120k. And then there was a whole nother load of videos that came out saying like you put the item up for 90k and it says 120k, but then you click the button yeah. and it's only 10k or whatever it used to be. Um, and then it seems like now that was so that was a cosmetic effect, and then now that's actually gone. Right. So well, as in gone, as in it now costs what it says on the screen again. So right. it seems to have come in two stages um but right, um, just, uh... i think that's uh, yeah I, th I think that's it i think that's it but yeah for i mean just before we move on for you know total clarity this today is wednesday the 18th the day that we're recording this i'm actually going to be away over the weekend and so that is the reason why we're recording early a for everybody live and or b for anybody who's listening later on at the regular times if something comes out between i guess the the 18th and the 20th when we would normally have recorded this so at the moment nothing else has come out but um that's that's why we're doing it a little a little bit early mm -hmm. um, uh so yeah i mean i don't know I, I don't know what else you've been looking at but i've been having a good time a good time in raid it's been it's been pretty fun i finally have been getting through some of the last lot of quests so I've been hearing people say, and I really don't trust them, but I'm curious what you have to say, is that there's been a lot of hackers, a lot of sus, like a, more white names, suspicious than normal. Do you have any say on that one way or the other? I don't know. Lots of people, because I, I saw some people talking about, oh, there's lots of hackers on Factory as well, da, da, da. Maybe it's about the time of day that I've been playing, like midday mm -hmm. Europe. I'm mm -hmm. not sure. But, well, I say midday, but like early afternoon European time. But so far, I've not really run into any suspicious situations at all. But I don't I don't run into suspicious situations that often mm. anyway. So take what I say with a, with a grain of salt, because yeah. either I'm playing kind of carefully tactically. I don't normally like super rush the loot, but I've been playing a lot of factory. And I mean, I guess... Some, I guess some people were saying that there were people hacking on Factory, but there's not really much point. I mean, it's only going to be people who are hacking for the sake of it rather than people trying to make money, you would have thought. Mm. Like, taking people's gear out from PvP is not really that profitable anyway. And hacking on Factory, you're basically going to have to run into people. There's no loot on the map, mm -hmm. so I don't really see the point. So yeah, I've always, again, I've taken that with a pinch of salt when people have said that. Yeah, absolutely. But I've not, I've not, really, I've not really had any, any issues there. I've been... Having a really fun time, actually, on Factory, surviving a lot and getting people running around with the flechette. I, basically, I was trying to finish Grenadier because it's one that I've just put off until the end end of the wipe. And it's got other awful quests behind it, like night kills and stuff, which I'm just, it's just not my, it's not my forte. It really is not my forte. So I've just been running around in there with one impact nade in hand. Um, <laughs> I love you know, it. You know, you go in, oh, you pull dude. the pin. You hold the button down and you just just sprint around. And um, yeah, half the time I was sprinting around with like the Redoute T5 on and a and a, a, a Tagilla face visor with mm. an impact nade, just like charging around the, the hallways of... Yeah, it's really funny. Um, and there's, there's been some funny moments, but those those yeah. things, they're, they're actually really, really busted, honestly. I've not used them that much because I know that they're really good. Mm -hmm. And after using them a lot, they are, I can confirm that they're, they're really good. They're still really good. The number of random people that I've just killed, straight up, guy wearing full together, another guy like level 40-odd wearing just like full decent gear. It's just bang, click, bang. The, the only one that I had, which was hilarious, was the guy, one guy was too close. He was a pistol guy and he couldn't, he couldn't kill me in time. But there was, he was too close <laughs> and I bounced it off the wall and it didn't go off. And I was like, huh, what? It didn't go yeah. off. And I pulled out the, the Psyker 12 and just, just flechetted him. And then three seconds later, it went off on the floor like next to both of us. 
Um, I was like, oh god, okay, it wasn't a bug. It did go off, but if you read it, there's a, a, a minimum time. So oh, I didn't really yeah. know how the yeah I didn't know how mm-hmm. the mechanic really worked, but I think it's half a second or something. So if it's traveling under half a second and hits something straight away, it then has a three second normal like a regular grenade fuse, right. um, and then goes off. Because I was like, huh, what's happened here? Because it didn't didn't go off, but I was apparently too close and it hit the wall behind the dude, and uh, and he didn't die. But that was that was funny. There was a guy fighting to Giller. And we just saw like him like <laughs> running forwards, then him running back to Gilla, like running past him. And then I just boom, impacted him. Um, yeah, it's, it's busted. I mean, you can only buy one per reset now. So it's not that bad. And it's on a barter as well. And, and with the flakiness of the flea, like one time we went to go and get, I can't remember which one it is because I always get them confused, the RGO versus the RGN. Mm-hmm. And uh, But one of them, the one that's for three paid can yep. barter item doodads, I was like, oh, I was doing three paid, that's fine, it's gone to the flea. And there were like, there were three. There was one at like 45k and two at 99,000. I was like, oh God, the player base, oh, I forgot. I was like, well, I'm not paying like an insane amount for for one of those. We'll just do the, we'll do the other one and we'll leave it for a minute and Mm. then wait until they're like, I think I got them for 30k in the end. So I was like, well, 90,000, I mean, it's a lot, but it is basically a free kill. So on factory anyway. I mean, man, it's it's just, uh, they're they're nuts. I think the, broken part at least on factory specifically um i will i'll say i don't know uh, tiggs i was watching him the other day and he had an impact nade and he was holding it and he was like guys this is so busted like look at my pmc he's just like sitting here he was like camping i think he was camping d2 like on top of uh the vents or the door or whatever um he's just like trolling and uh he's like guys this is so busted look at my stamina it's not moving at all and like you can literally just hold it there for the eternity you can sprint you know full around but i think it would make a more sense realism and also help with the balancing a bit if you're the longer you hold grenades your like arm stamina goes down and maybe like your you know you know how your gun bobs maybe like your hand bobs so when you throw it, it's less accurate and maybe you just throw it like eh. <laughs> like a real wimpy throw and it goes like beep. <laughs> it just falls right at your feet that'd be hilarious if you reach like zero stamina but yeah no i've done the the impact nasal factory got a couple kills for grenadier and it is very uh it's fun but it's very it's pretty pretty busted but yeah i just don't know how a solo player is supposed to actually get these kills otherwise i mean by the time that i got to grenadier well by the time they got around to actually looking at trying to complete grenadier i had um i think i had either two or three kills of the 12 whereas normally by this time in the wipe i would normally have more like eight to ten i would say in pre 12 12 just because these days using grenades is really hard you know you yeah. normally before be in situations where you're in a room or in a building or someone's behind a wall or whatever and you you chuck one over and then push them um but it's just so hard with the whole take the nade and unclick the thing and then throw the dude out like if you're if you're anywhere near them and you're on your own they just push you and you die and it makes it really hard to use them. So that's the thing about the impacts, honestly, that I quite like. And to be honest, it might even work with the with the VOG 25s. I don't think anybody really used to do it like this, but mm-hmm. I think it actually would work the same. Like the fact that you've already got it out is the thing, yeah. because as soon as you yeah. throw it, you pull your gun back up and it's like right. 12, 11 nades. You know what I mean? And that's yeah. that's the, the reason why it works so well, because it's the whole pin pulling situation that makes it problematic. So as long as you've got it ready already... Mm-hmm. And you don't want to. I mean, I died one time. I only had one real fail with it, and I was coming from the expansion big room with the medical tent, 
into the forklifts kind of tunnels but then you know there's that new tunnel that connects that room into into forklifts i yeah. started to come down there and there was a guy right hand peeking right at the end and mm. i was like with the nade it didn't go far enough and then i tried to flush at him but then it but then he killed me and that was the only like real fail that i had because outside of that as long as you just just live in the tunnels holding your <laughs> grenade you know for dear life it's like if people can't get yeah. away it's just like it's just it's, it's nuts but it's it's, really it's funny it is funny yeah and then, yeah, as soon as we finished that, I was like, well, I have the Saiga 12. So then we just ran around with, with Saiga 12 and cleared the lobby like three times. I was, I was trying to die with the kit, really. I was like, we're just going to play this until I die. And it's just like three ways later, it's just like four PMCs, four PMCs, three PMCs. I was like, is it really super strong? Like, is it really that? It, it is really that strong. It is. It is. I think one thing about Flechette that I will say, because I know I did the video about Flechette quite recently. And it's, it's, I mean, it's mental, right? If you hit all your shots on somebody's thorax, mm-hmm. no armor in the game is going to gonna last more than four hits it's completely broken right like two two hits to gazelle it dies that's it you're gone current mm. gone you know three hits to the decent armor like the redupe m three and you're and you're blasted but it only really works close up because you have to hit a lot of the a lot of the pellets but the thing that's beautiful about it because i used the ash a little bit afterwards back to a regular gun with regular bullets yeah it's lots of damage we have to hit the thing about the is that it works so well on factory because people are really close People typically don't go in with like the thickest gear of all time. Like you mm-hmm, do get mm-hmm. some alt in people, but it still dispatches that armor quite quickly too because of the durability. But yep. there's lots of people who just have pistols and not much else. And tons of people go in with no armor at all. And the beauty mm-hmm. of that is you only have to just wave it in their general direction, yeah. connect three, pe- three, um, three or three or four flechettes and they die. And it's like, it kind of covers all bases. It's like, it's so good. And I was only using the 10 rounders as well. I wasn't even using the 20s because the 20s were 100k at the at the time, I actually ended up selling one, but the tens are fine. It's, it's okay. It's it's really, honestly, it's it's so good. Flechette is so busted. I, I really wish. I, I think they should decrease the pen slightly to just stop it from churning through the armor quite that quickly. I think it is a little broken. I see. I'm I'm of a different <laughs> opinion in that we can have really good stuff. I just think the accessibility is just too much. Like, yeah. I would, I would rather like that could be an interesting finding raid ammo only because then it makes shotguns like really good. Like, I'm, I, it, you know, Flechette versus AP twenty. I don't know how you feel now. I think earlier in the wipe you were more of an AP twenty guy. Is it? Am I quoting I mean, you correctly? I still, I still am. I still am. Really? really, it's just like just it's just factory though that I'm just like it's just okay. it's so good close up. That's the thing. But outside of fifteen or twenty meters, it's like AP twenty. I'll take every day. Man, yeah. See, I'm I'm different because the way I find is that class five is just really. Once you get proper three, you can run a Karuns, and then mm. later on you can get gazelles. But even that's the thing. AP twenties kind of has a hard time going through class four, whereas flechettes, yeah, it does have a hard time. But you're, and you're not as accurate. You can't take those long range shots. But you're trading that scenario for death by volume you know you just spam the trigger and they fall eventually you know you know unless they're like really far out you know then it's much harder like i a couple wipes ago i was like doing some meme kits and i took a sega and a really thick kit and i had a that rig that has two two uh two by two slots for like drum mags and what i did is i loaded one flechette and one AP twenty and alternated flechette AP twenty flechette AP twenty, which was just like completely insane because it takes so long to do it in the stash. And then when you're in raid, 
you have to like if you want to do it correctly you gotta look at what's in the top of the magazine and then load that as soon as it loads yeah, one then one you the cancel it yeah. yeah and then you cancel oh, it and then you alternate and then you cancel it and then you just alternate yeah it's it was ridiculous but um even back then dude I was drop. I remember rushing the third story of um, dorms, and the guy was like in the room to the right, just like holding behind furniture or whatever. And I, he kind of caught me off guard. And I just started like spamming my shotgun, and he died. And I looked at his armor, and he had a slick on, and it was like you know half out of whatever it was. And I was like, man, this, this is pretty good. I mean, mind you, it was the the idea I had is like I'll use the flechette rounds to like destroy their armor because that's it has like really high um armor damage it's like one of the highest yeah. i think and then the ap 20s to finish them off you know and then if they're at range it's like kind of the same idea it's like you know i'll, t- I'll, t- I'll tickle them with the flechettes and then you know hit them with the ap 20s <laughs> but anyways yeah i think uh this wipe i i use exclusively flechettes and it just was like i only have one time where they let me down and i think that was because the either i was like slightly aiming above them because they were probably like we were fighting that construction on customs and i was kind of like near the pocket watch area and they were like um kind of across that um elbow connector that leads to the crack house they were like kind of like across from that oh yeah closer towards um that's quite far well they weren't they weren't actually in the connector they were like i mean towards oh the opposite that way anyway they were coming from the hole in the wall. Yeah. So they were like on the other side of the... Yeah, anyway. Mm-hmm. Not not that... Ugh, there's too many hole in the walls. <laughs> Whatever. Anyways. Point being, they were probably like in between like 30 and 40 meters if I had to guess. And I think I was just like... I think... I like to think I was slightly off target, but maybe just like the the Palestine land where I wanted them to. So I got kind of screwed by range there. But otherwise, dude, it was just like, yeah, just pull the trigger and they die eventually. It's it's kind of crazy. But yeah. Point, yeah. point being... I would like to see that be like a fine, like AP twenty and flechette fine and rate only because AP twenty is pretty cool, um, and that it's the most powerful slug in the game as far as pin, um, and then flechette would be like the most powerful traditional buckshot yeah. ammo, and um, yeah, it would make shotguns because I don't what I what I don't want is like oh AP. Uh, flechettes is really good you know let's nerf them now it's like no one runs shotguns you know what I mean now it's like actually kind of legit to run shotguns you know it's like a niche meta um but yeah I don't know because every, yeah that's the thing it's just like everything's accessible so like the most best in slot thing just becomes the meta you know it's like mutant yeah. RSS that's just or sorry what's the what, SR25 it's just like the only two guns you ever see you know and their solution is like we'll nerf this and then someone's like oh buff this gun like okay we'll buff this gun and that gun becomes the new thing and it's like let's just have cool stuff but just balance it by making it really rare so it's fun and exciting when you come across it you know i don't know yeah that's true that's true there probably is actually a better way than than just nerfing the stats because the thing is i wouldn't even want to nerf it to oblivion like you just change it by like three percent or so or three pen points and then just see so there's there's two ways of going about it but i think sure. i maybe even like that better i would just wish there was more balance to the loot pool so that you could more consistently get the good things rather than just it being like a crapshoot all the time yeah i don't know yeah but that's another that's another another topic <laughs> 
Ah, uh, so yeah, that's been fun. And so shit's been good. Mm-hmm. Um, it's primarily what I've been up to, to be honest. I mean, other <clears> other than using the SKS and put a video out today about the SKS, which is, which is pretty good. But um, oh yeah, one thing that I did want to speak about because so you kind of touched on it with AP twenty, and given we're on the topic already, I'm doing a bit of an investigation into some of the slugs as well because there's been like every time that I talk about shotguns and. It, something comes up about about shotties in general i always get like a ton of comments from people being like oh but have you tried this slug and have you tried this slug and oh this slug's really good and the one that normally comes up is like oh what about super performance slugs because i think these things are really underrated because they're really really fast and they do 220 damage and so you know you shoot somebody and then they're all like their half the health has disappeared in one hit and you know they're, they're very scared and you know it's very very damaging to people and so i've been doing a, a little bit of research into that and i might mm-hmm. do something because I feel like it's not one of those things where I've just I've just seen it enough. I've seen enough people talk about it to think that it warrants some further investigation. Um, and it's more complicated than I originally thought, partly because of the bugs that we've got. Well, not, it's not even a bug. It's just like the, the feature, the way the zeroing feature, the way that it works right now makes it difficult. Yeah. <laughs> it makes it very difficult. So the, the 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 fundamental problem is all of the shotguns are all zeroed for seven mil buckshot. Mm-hmm. All of them. The problem with seven mil buckshot is it's ballistic coefficient. So it's actually got like a relatively regular shotgunny type initial starting speed. I think it's about four hundred and fifty meters per second. The problem with it though is it's got a really really low ballistic coefficient and. Ballistic coefficient, the lower it is, the worse it travels through air. So that means that it slows down much more quickly. And it actually loses, I was looking at this earlier because when I was doing the research, by 50 meters, it's already lost 55% of its velocity, which is which is pretty nuts. Now, the problem, the problem then is if you then load a slug in into the shotgun, it uses the same right. zeroing thing right and and the the one thing that tarkov does do well because i've spoken to tara about this and he's the expert on on this kind of thing is that tarkov does take into account the slowdown in the zeroing of various rounds so if you're using the default round for a particular gun then it's very very good and it and it works everything out and everything should in theory outside of moa differences and all that stuff it should be pinpoint precise if you're at the right distance if you zero it to the right distance the problem is though is that these slowdown characteristics now are taken into account when you're loading in a slug so trying to use like it just, the zeroing doesn't make any sense at all if you zero it from i had a hammer scope on if you zero from 50 meters up to 200 meters at 200 meters the gun is like so high up in the air <laughs> like it's just like it doesn't even make i think it might like break the it sort of breaks the model like it doesn't even yeah. make sense you can see so i was using a um a 153 with a salvo 12 you can see the end of the salvo 12 in the optic right it's so so high up because it would need to be right if it was tw- if it was seven mil buckshot <laughs> right because it was on some kind of ridiculous paintball arc at this mm-hmm. point but clearly for a slug that doesn't make any sense because the slugs have much higher ballistic coefficients and fly through the air much much better but there's no way of actually fixing this so i first had a look at super performance so far and i was like okay well maybe maybe this one is going to make make some sense but the problem is is that as you might imagine you shoot above your target or in almost all situations, which is just a weird, well, it's just a horrible way around. I you mean you, like it. you aim with your scope above your center point of your scope? Is that what? As in, as in, so if you fire, 
even at 50 meters so the lowest zeroing that i could get to on any sensible scope because some some of the little dots are 25 but at that range it doesn't really matter so 50 yeah. meters is normally the lowest point when you fire the actual the round just hits just like way too high right because so even, you have to even you have to treat you, your center not the center of the scope you have to go up a couple notches based off how far away they are basically yeah so it's in saying? like yeah so yeah so rather than it being like hold overs it's like hold unders you have to hold your mm. and, it, and the problem with that is that it goes i can kind of deal with rounds shooting a, a little bit low right because that's sort of anybody who's played other mil simi-esque games in general that have any kind of bullet drop whatsoever are sort of used to that like people who play yeah. PUBG, tarkov whatever used to sort of trying to adjust for that sorry <laughs> Oh, my throat is very dry. Even uh, Apex has oh. bullet velocity and bullet drop. Yeah. yeah, so people so people are used to keeping their sight over their target, but going the other way around just goes against all muscle memory. It's a little bit like right. leg meta in some ways. So at really any distance, it's just it goes so high super performance compared to, well, I guess where the center of your scope is, and there's nothing that you can really do to fix it, which is. Sort of a shame. Like it doesn't. It's, yeah. it's not really. There's not really anything you can do about it. But there's even even more complicated stuff. So I was like, actually, but is there is there a round that it makes sense for? And I'm still kind of going through this combination of things because the problem is, is that the superformance one is the one with the highest accuracy. <clears throat> yeah. So there's yeah. so many parameters that we're thinking about now because you don't want a slug that does too little damage because otherwise it's going to take too many shots, especially if you're trying to fire at range. The penetration doesn't really matter. I'm kind of ignoring that for the moment because they're all so low that it doesn't... You're basically going to have to shoot their legs from from distance. But then you don't want to go too far down the accuracy percentage scale either because the weapons, even the good weapons, start at like 9 or 10 MOA. So Mm -hmm. once you get to 100 meters, you can't really hit with them. Now, if you, I was actually quite surprised by this because I've never really gone to look at it. If you load in a super-performance slug into a um into a 153 with like 9.5 moa it does it literally goes down to like three moa like it's re- it's actually ex- very extreme really it's much more extreme than i thought it would be and so that from there you've got the the copper sabo which is 150 ftx custom which is 135 the lead slug which is 120 and it kind of just goes down from there and each each time you go down that chain of accuracy it like you know the MOA is like widening it out and you're like oh mm-hmm. do i even want to go down this far oh, i'm not sure so the one that i'm looking at, at the moment is this uh, the, the Copper Sabo's premier HP slug, which I actually think might be the next best thing because it does 206 damage versus Superformance is 220. So it doesn't really matter because over literally any distance, Superformance won't two-shot people anyway because 220 times 2 is 440, which is precisely the health of a PMC. So with any damage drop-off at all, then it won't two-shot them anymore, whereas 206 is just good enough. It's just or it's just as good because of the way the breakpoint works because it's still three, three hits to kill. Um now I'm I'm looking through and just figuring out exactly exactly what to do because the, the the bizarre thing about it, which I'll, I'll end my rant in a second, but the bizarre <laughs> thing about it is so super performance is by far the fastest slug, and this is why it's so bad because it's 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 got better ballistic performance than buckshot, and it starts out way quicker as well. So it's just like the buckshot's just like like this, right? And super yeah. performance is just just off at the speed of light into the distance, whereas something like. Um, the lead slug, the 1270 lead slug, which I don't think anybody has ever used in the history of Tarkov, is really slow at like 370 meters per second. It's actually slower than the buckshot. So even though the zeroing is wrong, because the round is slow, that sort of maybe makes up for it. So I think there's a sweet spot somewhere around FTX and the copper where 
even though even though they're slugs, the zeroing coincidentally works anyway. <laughs> and that's kind of what I'm trying to, to test. I'm, I'm not I'm not done with it at all. Mm. But uh, I'm sort of musing with that because it'd be interesting because people yeah, people keep telling me about these flesh round slugs and being like, oh, it's so good. And you look at this and look at that. And I had a look at Rip, but Rip doesn't really have that great. It's only 80 on accuracy. So you're not going to be making 100 meter shots with it. So that's kind of my benchmark. If you can't make a 100 meter shot with it, then then what's the point? I want to be sniping people with these shotties. It's going to be funny. We'll, we'll see. We'll see how it goes. But uh, have, you, have you have you ever have you ever used these these guys? Because so many of these bullets in the, like these shells in the game. Yeah, definitely a couple of them. Um, what's the one that is it the dual copper? Well, there's one that fires two, sabo, and then there's dual sabo, which is two by oh, yeah. five. Yeah, I've tried messing with that a bit. I thought that was an interesting round, but I did like this swipe. I did end up using the FTX custom. It's like I had when you were talking about this topic, I had to go look up super formats because I was like, is that the gray rounds or like the, the <laughs> dark gray round? Because I, I know one of them basically what ends up happening every wipe is I get to the Jaeger shotgun task where you have to like shoot scars in the leg or shoot scars in the head from X distance. And I go to like these highly accurate rounds and I always have to like look them up to remember which one's which and, yeah. you know, which one's the one they use. But I end up using the FTX custom because the. Super performance was sold out from Jaeger 4, and I think crafting them was like going to be really expensive. I think I did end up crafting them anyways. But um, yeah, ended up using the, the custom light slug, which is like um, pretty decent pin 20 um, and, you know, decent damage, decent accuracy. Like it's an OK round, but yeah. To answer your question from earlier, you know, how do you how do you fix this issue with the zeroing and, and stuff? You just use a twenty five millimeter sight, and sometimes you just gotta try to shoot sniper scav from a hundred meters away if you're twenty five red dot and hope you're hitting him because <laughs> you'll be sitting there like bang, bang, bang. God, I hope no one notices me. Bang, bang, bang. Please, we die already. Bang. But yeah, that's uh. That's the secret sauce is you just completely avoid it. Dude, hearing you talk that last segment about like, you know, there's possibly this one thing where the two mechanics intersect and it works out. I'm just like, oh, my brain hurts. Why can't it just be so simple? You know, like there's got to be an easier way to do this. There's got to be. I mean, there is, right? Like both in in my zeroing video that I did, both Dan Exer, who pitched it to Nikita himself and Tower Mm -hmm. like two years previous, both came up with independently the same, the same model of fixing it, which is, Mm Somewhere in the weapon, you have a drop down and you pick the round. Mm-hmm. And that's it. And zero is it for that round. Great. Yeah. Like people who don't want to do it, they can keep with the default round and you just keep it empty. You know, it's yeah, it doesn't affect anybody and only affects the people who actually want to bother with it. And then you're going to zero it for that round. That's it. That's, that's easy. So easy. Such a, such an easy situation. My thing What's is... Um... Sorry, go ahead. Yeah, no, no, go for it. No, go for it. I was going to move on to something else. My thing is BSG don't prioritize any of that stuff unless it's like really big on the community list. In my mind, what they're prioritizing and finishing the game and that doesn't fall into that category is everything's going to get shifted to later and they prefer, you know, what can we slap on there to like, you know, fix the, fix the issue. You know, if you, do you remember we've talked about this before, you remember dynamic traders, you know, <laughs> Yeah, I don't want to like, you know, garner hate towards Pestelli or anything, but he kind of twisted the arm of VSG in a way 
you know, VST was like, get rid of the cash now, get rid of it. Like, stop, stop. You're, you know, you're breaking the system. He was like, I'm not getting rid of it. I earned it, you know? And so BSG was just like, and, and I think he sort of was just like, this needs to be removed. I, I, I can't remember the details. I mean, it was so long ago, but long story short, we never really got to see that system, that idea that they came up with. You know, this is like, that was their thing. And they never really got to like iterate upon it. And so it's just been shelved slash removed. So I don't know. That's like the copium tank for me is like once the game's finished, it's like, right, now we're going to get all the bugs fixed and, you know, you're going to design some really well thought out systems and, and whatnot. That's like the, you know, huff and the copium for me. I don't know if that's going to happen. Yeah. I'm, skept- I'm honestly skeptical, but we'll see. Yeah, I don't know. That's actually quite funny that you brought up the dynamic traders and the economic side of it because that's, that's basically how we ended up starting this podcast in the first place. It's quite funny. Mm-hmm. But I, I, I don't know. It's... Uh, I mean, the econ- yeah, it's just the economy stuff is like is is one thing, but I just feel I feel like they've ad- they've spent all this time adding all these rounds, and it's it's kind of pointless if they don't fix the zeroing, and then it, it should. I mean, it's programmatically it's probably not that straightforward, right? But they've rendered half of what they've added useless by virtue of the system they, that they have, which is. Um, a real shame in that the zeroing makes them really unusable is what you're saying yeah yeah and then yeah. to be fair maybe they were like well there's no point in doing it yet because 1212 is going to have the flatter ballistic trajectories anyway which right. to be honest did fix a lot of the problems like i remember I, I was going around looking for the issues and i actually forgot about this one until mm-hmm. I stumbled upon it the other day. But when I went back and looked at the 9mm thing, where it was just like, oh, you know, you're using the 9mm with the STM, it's the worst sniper ever because it's all for PST. But then you try to use 7M31, the, what's now called PVP, and you try and use that in it, and it's just like, it goes way too high because, like, especially with the MP5SD, it was like really bad because that's got really slow velocity on it. And so it's still, it's correct for PST at the slower velocity because it's minus 33% or something because the way it works, because it slows down all the rounds which means then PvP just like flies off into space. Um, but then after changing to 12.12, when I went back and was just like, oh yeah, this is going to be a great clip. And I was like, oh, it's actually not really that bad. Like it's, it's way better than it used to be just because the old system just amplified those problems like more than you would think. Um, and so with that fix, it's like, okay, well, actually some of these are better than they were before. Um, and now from this point, okay, we've still got these these fringe issues. I guess the fundamental question is whether they're better off fixing other things rather than this. Um, like to your point, they're trying to finish the game, fix stuff like audio, right? You can still play the game. Most people don't even understand how the system functions completely, right? And you can play the game for a thousand hours without ever experiencing, well, maybe maybe you just don't realize why it's happening. But, you, you know, it's not it's not something that's like game breaking unless you're doing very specific things. So, I mean, we're talking about shooting people with super performance slugs at 100 meters with a shotgun or how many people are actually doing that it's like not that many right so the, the core of the game is is fine enough for the most part and fixing mm-hmm. audio and other bugs is probably the priority as you say and so they're trying to get to release and they're trying to do other things and i get that that's that's fine that's fine but it would be it would be nice it would be nice to have that proper system because it does feel like just a a hack at the moment and for it's probably one of like because some of the other stuff like audio I can kind of forgive them for because it's just tricky right whereas like this is part of the mil realistic 
dream the battle state has this is supposed to be exactly, like their yeah. jam right and that's why yeah. this in particular i'm like guys you have to kind of fix this because it's right. it's part of like what i see them as being experts at not necessarily audio coding or like networking coding right that's just like sure. this is what it is but it's tough but putting in a, a correct zeroing system is mm -hmm. something that should be well within their wheelhouse and i think that's why it kind of irks me that it's not not been done well yeah i think designing it to have all the things that interconnect function is probably the most difficult part because there's a lot of things going on but to give credit where credit's due no one asks for the ballistic rework i guess you could say um they sort of like improve the system and that was of their own doing and it, it is kind of very bsg in that you know if it relates to firearms or, or you know things of that nature it's like we're gonna do it you know like no one asks for the ability to um load in an individual round into your gun you know when they, they did all the animations for that for all the guns you know and it's just like this has absolutely zero use but here you go here's the feature you know but it's like that's what they're passionate about you know they really like their firearms and whatnot so um yeah i don't know i still have to say that I don't want to give them too much crap. You know, I'm very critical of them because it's just high expectations because the gaming gaming industry is just so there's a lot to expect nowadays. And um, yeah, it's tough. It's tough. But... It is tough. It is tough. Did you know, though, because you're talking about shooting at sniper scav with a with a 25 meter range scope. I just had a quick flick through. Did you know that the makeshift 50 BMG slug is a red tracer? I did not. I've only just learned this right this minute. So you can see where the rounds are going. You don't need to guess. <laughs> yeah. I don't ever recall. Because I have used I that. I've never used that. I want to say. Oh, really? Because I want to say what happens. P20s, right? Yeah. And you can. Um, I think you could get them off the flare. Maybe you can't. But because that was the thing. I was like, I'm going to use AP20s. I can't get them. I'm going to get the. Um, I'll buy the 50 BMGs. Maybe you couldn't. I might be wrong about that. I, I know I had a bunch of found and raid because I know like every wipe I need to save good shotgun ammo for the shotgun quests, you know, the various Looks like ones, you can but... buy it on the flea. Okay. Well, what I was going to say was I want to say that the recoil is so high that you can't, you don't end up getting to see the tracer. <laughs> like, <laughs> I don't know. Maybe I'm making stuff up. So. I don't know. I do love its description though. 1270 custom made slug shell with a shortened 50 BMG tracer bullet. No one knows who and why is producing these strange slugs in Tarkov, but they just work somehow. <laughs> Good piece of flavor text there. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, man, it's been it's been a wild ride looking through mm -hmm. these. Um, it's just like adding that zeroing component makes the whole conversation just so much more troublesome. And yeah, like well, I want to use a really speedy round, but that makes the zeroing problem worse. And so, actually, I'm going to use this worse round. It's worse in almost every area, except because it's slower. By virtue of that, it just somehow magically lines up with the zeroing system and means that I can actually mm -hmm. hit my shots. It's just like kind of, yeah, it's just kind of kind of funky. It's kind of funky, but I'm going to do, do some more research on it and see and see if there's actually some legs on it. I'm going to try and use some of them as well and see if I can three-tap people in the legs from 100 meters on woods with, with a shotty with a Valde on it or something. I don't know. We will see. We will see.
so um a couple things I want to get off my chest since we there's kind of a lot to talk about like sort of like scab talk and the podcast and in general in a way um as you know me and Gigo, we've been doing this for like what coming up on two years now in october uh, i think probably yeah oh wow it's kind of crazy about. i know <laughs> it's crazy man like honestly having jesse on the other day it was like such a weird moment because it was like surreal but also it's like i feel like i'm talking to a friend but he's not my friend. I just watch a lot of his content, so I feel like I know him. You know what I mean? It was just like, oh, it was so weird. It was so weird. Yeah, the parasocial relationship is really strange because you you feel. It's, I think especially if you watch someone else's, not just their content, but you also watch like a podcast with them talking like more casually as well, mm-hmm. like with with the podcast with Veritas as well. You you get like a really good idea of who this person is because you know we listen through a hundred episodes of of the podcast or something, right? So it's like you spent like 200 hours listening to someone else converse and all of the content that they make. So you kind of know their likes and dislikes, like what, you know, what they like to talk about, the way that they handle themselves. So when you speak to them, you kind of already know what to expect. It's, it's, it's kind of strange. It is kind of strange. Yeah. But it was super cool to have Jesse on. I mean, I was, I loved it. Like I can't, you know, we went for three hours. It was great. I haven't even got to finish listening to it yet. Um, <laughs> like I usually re-listen to it. Um, I say re-listen to it, listen to it again, because it's like, I get to like absorb more, you know, doing, doing a live show versus doing a recording. is just so much more different dude, because in the recording, you get to like cut the stuff you don't like and keep the stuff you do <laughs> like, you know, mm-hmm. and the live show is just live. And there is a, there is a bit of a magic to that as well. But, um, yeah, so I was, like, realizing, I was like, dang, I missed that. That was, like, a truth bomb Jesse just dropped. Because sometimes you're, like, you're, at least for me, I don't know how you operate, but I'm, like, either listening to what you're saying or, like, I'm formulating something that I want to talk about off something you said. And sometimes, like, things can go on, and I'll have, like, you know, three things I want to, like, talk about, and then I just, like, crap, what do I do now? <laughs> I don't remember what I was going to say. <laughs> Or like it's moved on too far and you're like, yeah, oh, how, do it's I, like, like, yeah. You know, how do you like seamlessly loop it back? Like it's not, yeah, it's not, it's not yeah. easy. It's not yeah. easy. So um, th- there is one thing on that note now <laughs> that I want to get off my chest about RFT discussion. And <laughs> I'm sorry if I come off as like a negative hater towards BSG. I just, I, I, I hope that's not like the vibe. I, I, I'm kind of like self-conscious about that if I'm being honest. But I'm just, I don't know what it is. I just, I don't know. But. You mean about like RMT, like the the RMT update or or more generally? Just in general, just in general, you know. I'm a critical person and that's mostly aimed at towards myself. But it also, you know, because I'm so critical, it can often like branch towards myself. I can like branch that out to like other people, you know, and that's like kind of. I don't know. It's weird. It's weird. So I try to like keep that in in check. You know what I mean? A bit. I think that's okay. I mean, that's it's it's fine to be critical. I think as long as it's right, you know, acted up and constructive, whatever. You know, you, you clearly, clearly yes. enjoy the game enough to run a podcast every week about it. So I don't think there's any you know, yeah. As long as it's not unfounded, then I think it's fine. I think you're always fairly reasonable in your criticism, as far as I'm concerned. So yeah, I just yeah, I don't know. It's just like I um. 
it's just it's just, it can be a difficult thing to navigate because I want to like challenge people and their ideas because I also want to learn more about it. Like I'm the type of person like if you say if you're talking about something, explain something like, oh yeah, DCPC is you know this amazing thing. Just cut. I'll be like, I'll interrupt you and be like, what's DC DCP? You know, I like I don't know what that is. You know what I mean? And it's just because I want to know more. You know, right? So I I. Re- Remember seeing Tobias's tweet about he used the analogy of locking the doors and how it like applies to RMT. And I agree with the principle in that any one change that you do, whether it's in a game, whether it's you know, real life, making laws, whatever, like there's pros and cons. Like there's a cost to it, you know, it's gonna affect everyone, basically, you know. Um, it's going to be innocent bystanders, so to speak. At least that's kind of how I see it, right? So, you know, in the analogy he used, he was like, you know, this is like, and I may be butchering this, but the, he, the analogy he's using to RMT, he's like, this is going to be like a lock on a door where, you know, we're trying to prevent these from breaking in. So, yes, it's an inconvenience to everyone because now they have to, everyone has to lock the door and unlock the door or whatever. And I didn't like that analogy because I agree with, with the overall what he's saying but i feel for me this rmt change is not them putting a lock on the door because you would you would be able to unlock the door right aka doing the trade this is like a brick and mortar store saying okay there's people breaking in through our door we're gonna wall off the door and only have online shopping it's like that's the only way you can do you can we're gonna do this and people and it's like what no i like going in the door and experiencing the brick and mortar experience you know but it's like no you you could just go online you know and just do it online i don't know that's just like that part i wanted to bring it up yesterday in our podcast but i didn't want to like you know again hey guys can we go back like five pages and talk about this one thing that i want to do, so. yeah. yeah yeah it's tricky it's tricky i mean i don't i mean like if the isn't walling the door off though isn't that the same thing as basically being like you know, we're going to delete all the loot off the map or whatever. It's like changing the fundamental... Because the game fundamentally doesn't change that much. I mean, it doesn't for me, but helping... You know, it's, a, it's a few cases of helping other people out um, and in cases where you wouldn't be going to raid with them as well at the same time. There's some finding raid cases where someone dies and another person doesn't die. There's like there's certain scenarios where it changes it. But fundamentally, there's, I don't. I personally don't believe that the game structure has really been changed that much. It's more like... People are getting stuff stolen out of the window, so they've locked the window closed, so it's a little bit hot and everyone's a little comfortable. But the door's still open at the front, and everyone can still come in. Yeah, I mean, for me, the the fundamental part has changed because how I see it is that you it's literally impossible for me to... If I take something... Like, it's fine if I'm in the raid and I found something, but as soon as I take it out of the raid, I can no longer trade with anybody. You know, so it's like they've fundamentally anything from going to your stash to a raid you can no longer trade like that's just gone so it's like they loot items yes yes items. Items, yeah so so yes. like weapons and gear still you can you can still do that it's just like valuable things and and barter items that yeah you can't trade those with other people but i mean how often were you trading those with other people outside of the early wipe for hideout and that kind of thing but then once you get the, the flea thing. it's kind of the moot point right Yes, as it stands now, but that's where I'm just like grim because I just feel as though there's never going to be 
open world's a crapshoot. Like it's just it's just never gonna happen. Any any remote thing of it, be, because I just don't see how they could. Why would you put something in that you would later remove? You know what I mean? Like it just doesn't make it doesn't make any sense. Why 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 do that? I don't know. Yeah, I mean the the only thing that I don't understand about this change, right, is that <clears throat> is that they've said, oh, we want we don't really want people playing solo. You're supposed to be playing with a squad. Mm-hmm. That's kind of the only way that it would make sense. The only way to square that circle and to fix it would to be somehow you know being kind of like oh, it doesn't it doesn't fix RMT though RMT is still a problem, but. Maybe so that you can you have to join like you can only join one group or something and then you're locked in for thirty days before you can like change your group or whatever. And within that group you can circulate stuff if you've got like a shared hideout, like um some kind of clan system or whatever. I can't remember if they're still actually intending to do that or not, but it, that was the only way that I could think about it. So it's like, yeah, then you could help people who are still in your clan group, but you couldn't help anybody else outside of that system, which would fix all the problems of people with their buddies, as long as you're all within the same clan system, um, but then would still deal with RMT because they wouldn't be able to swap and change groups every five seconds. You'd, mm-hmm. have, you'd be stuck for a month or whatever. I mean, maybe you just make another account and then clan that up, but whatever. Like, There's always, there's always ways around these things. Um, but that's the only thing that doesn't really make sense to me is that it's like, oh, this change doesn't affect solos at all in any way, and it makes playing with squads... Mm, worse than it was previously especially at the beginning Mm -hmm. and especially for progression and you're supposed to be working together and helping each other out and with pmc karma you're supposed to be working together and helping other people out so maybe in the future it would have been good to bring in a bitcoin to trade with someone else who's found something that you want but now you can't do that anymore it's like it seems to have more future plans on teamwork and uh cooperation than it does now i do agree with you that it's more of an effect in the future than it is right this minute yeah and it kind of puts it casts a, sh- a shadow on all of the future plans mm-hmm. for the way that they have said they want the game to go I, d- I do agree with that yeah i do but i guess i'll just have to keep it in mind when they build up those features and whether there's as i said some carve outs that they can make or well, we just have to see what it looks like at 1.0 um i mean they could they could roll some of these things back but again i agree with you it's not really the bsg way usually the band-aid goes on and then it stays on forever and it never comes <laughs> yeah. off which is kind of a shame even when the underlying problems are resolved so mm-hmm. these things get put in place and then then they just that's it this is the way it is now that's how it is so we'll see you know they could change maybe i don't know depends how the how it goes after release and what the problems they think are there and whether it's detrimental to their overall worldview of the way it should be and maybe when things are more hardcore then no, maybe none of this will matter maybe everything will be fine in raids so who knows yeah, it's who knows, man. I have to wait and see. It's just that's time will always tell, you know. Time will always yeah. tell. Um, I wasn't gonna go somewhere else with this, but the other thing I want, wanted to jump back to was um, talking about the podcast, and um, yeah, it's it's been a while, two almost two years now, and uh. Here soon, we're probably gonna be looking into monetizing the podcast a bit more. Like essentially, what it, what it means is you may get an ad on the audio um, version if you listen on the audio version, and it'll probably most likely be a, re- a readout from Ira Giga. Like the one, the one that we I sent to Giga that we got sponsored for was like promote Anchor, and it's like you know 
I mean, I could do the readout right now, but anyways, it's literally just telling you about the program. But anyway, something to, um, you know, make this, uh, to, to help, I guess, grow the potential of what this could become. And um, same for YouTube. Like right now, you're probably getting ads. I don't know how that works. My understanding is that if your channel's, even if your channel's not set up for monetization, like YouTube partner program, they can still run ads on your video. Um, so ideally you won't get any more ads. We get the same amount of ads, except we'll be getting a portion of that being a partner on YouTube. So a lot of cool things coming. Um, I want to like improve the production side. I talked, I was telling Giga about some things and I guess I got some ideas. I've been watching and learning from a couple of different other podcasts and yeah, we'll see. I'm excited for the future, but they have to say, um, just to be, it's still to this day crazy that people listen to it. Like, God, you would never believe the first version. Have I told you this story? The first beta version of the podcast I wanted to do, Kick. Have I told you this? I think I think you have. Is this like, this is not Tarkov related, right? This is something else. Um. Well, I guess you could call it the alpha. Yeah, so I'll, I'll be brief. We had some two friends and we often talked a lot of like current events, political stuff. And I always enjoyed it, even though it was kind of a shenanigans, but I just thought it would be cool to have it online and other people maybe could get something out of it and enjoy it. Um, and they were like, absolutely not. What the heck were you thinking? <laughs> I was like, okay. And then Tarkov came around and I was like, man, this game is like, would be a really good podcast to talk about. And so I kept, coerced my buddy into doing an episode with me and it was really cringe it was like the epic gamer show <laughs> and i just like embraced the cringe it was literally like a joy emoji guy for the logo like it was giga cringe giga view and <laughs> i was like okay all right this isn't really you know <laughs> he did really didn't want to be a part of it and i could understand you know <laughs> the, the joy emoji might have been a little much but <laughs> so yeah, that's funny, dude. That's hilarious. That is genuinely hilarious. Uh, it's, it's it's a funny one. It's it's a, it's a funny one. I mean, it's been yeah, it's been a great time. I always enjoy coming on and just talking because it's it's kind of hard mm -hmm. to get that same uh, I guess creative outlet in other other avenues because yeah. streaming is trying to juggle lots of things normally because you're trying to play the game and like think of something interesting to do and then also speak to chat as well at the same time. So you're not really, you're kind of like cutting and changing from lots of different things. And the number of times that, you know, you, you lose your trail of thought if you're trying to speak to chat, but then something happens in game and you're trying to explain something or answer a question or whatever. And then, you know, the YouTube format is very kind of, you know, it's its own thing as well. So, I mean, for me, it's just, it's been a joy. It's been a joy to do it. And, you know, I guess like, yeah, thank you for putting up with all the various, you know, uh, I can only do this very specific window, but like one hour in this one week that I can do it for and all that stuff and uh, and for doing all the back end because it's been, yeah, it's been it's been super, dude. It's been super. So onwards and upwards from here, guys. And thank, thanks for everyone for listening. It's been it's been awesome. It's been awesome. And I love it. So. Did you have anything else? that out of the way? I could jump to something no, if you want. No, 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 I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. Feel free. Jump in. Okay. Jump in. Um, let's talk about Tarkov matchmaking, dude. 
So I have a a theory, and it's kind of a kind of a grim theory. Um, but you know, you, I see it, I see it all the time. Like I was just watching Airwing stream. Like I was just, you know, basically flipping the channel, mm-hmm. and um, someone in chat was talking about you know solo only or ranked matchmaking and things like this, and part of me wonders that. Perhaps a reason people like the current system is because how do I how do I say this? Hmm. By the current system, you mean the loading in the spawn points, like that that whole setup? No. So let me specify by matchmaking um, how the game oh, determines like, well, like no no MMR. Yes, how the game determines lobbies, right? And as far as we know, it's random, but I mean, if you've heard of Cycle Frontier and then sort of there, keep up with their news, they have a system where they match people up based off the value of the items they're extracting the raid with. And I think that's it. It's not a survival rate. It's literally just the average value of the items you're coming out with, which is interesting because as they put it, you get various different types of skills and playstyles, because I mean the you you could you could say it's skill based matchmaking and the skill is how efficient are you at getting out with you know min maxing your slots essentially right getting out the most loot, but you could you could have various playstyles you know you could have the guy that's like chasing PvP the guy that's you know moving crab walking everywhere you know whatever you get all types of playstyles which I I think is pretty interesting but. I say, I to say, as far as we know, Tarkov doesn't have any type of matchmaking. It's just whatever fills up first. And, you know, there's questions to me around Arena and that are they going to have skill based matchmaking? Because I would, you know, me personally, I would actually kind of prefer that. Like, that would make me more interested in Arena. Um, so you could really, like, test your skill and sort of have something to grind for. Like, I would, honestly. I'm not a big fan of Arena. Like, it's just, it's not, or let me say it like this. It's not what gets me excited about Tarkov. I, what gets me excited about Tarkov is Tarkov becoming more and more like Rust or Daisy. And I don't mean, like, carbon copy. I mean, like, that experience yeah. is, the, I, that's what I crave. And if they, you know, maybe they can't get, it should, I don't think it should be the goal, but I just feel like, I've never played my. When you tell me first person shooter game, I instantly think of like Counter Strike. And that was like my limited understanding of what you could experience. So if it's like, you know, Call of Duty, it's basically Counter Strike. Uh, you know, Battle Royales were kind of like a change to that, but it's still the basic thing, right? You shoot, you shoot the player, you win the game. Okay. Yeah. Whereas Rust and Daisy is like, no, it's a first-person survival game. Like, yes, there's guns. Like, there's more to first-person games than guns. You know what I mean? And that that sort of, like, really opened my eyes when I played Rust and Daisy is because, like, you can actually do more than just shoot people, you know, and have these, like, really cool experiences with other players. It's it's really unique. I don't know. It's such a weird... And I, I really like that. So having more of that in the Tarkov, I'm all game for you. 
But backpedaling a bit, backtracking. For me, Arena would be interesting if they had skill-based matchmaking because then you could sort of get back into that classic FPS um, grind as I see fit. Now, when it comes to the main game Tarkov and matchmaking, the grim thought I have is do people like it not being matchmaking because they... When you play skill-based matchmaking, you're constantly challenging... Your skills are put to test constantly. You know, yeah. if you're hard stuck at a certain MMR, as they say, you know, it's just like you are your own control of your destiny. You know, whereas like Tarkov's random matchmaking, supposedly, again, we don't know, it's sort of like did the lobby go in your favor based off like if you're an average player, if you're sorry, if you're above average player, you're going to naturally survive more raids if it's all random, right? Like that would just make sense to me whereas if you're a below average player um you're really going to struggle now that it it's like the same as can be said for skill based matchmaking right if you're if you're a below average player you're going to be matched up with below average players so you're still going to have a hard time you know because your skills are going to constantly be put to the test but at least they're putting the test with equally skilled opponents you know what i mean it's not like i'm going against i have the chance of going against trout i don't know i say out that just an interesting thought I had in that I wonder if my attempt at mental telepathy here is I wonder if people consciously or unconsciously like not having skill-based matchmaking. Because I can say the same for Rocket League. I don't play ranked. I don't play Rocket League to grind out and get really good and master the mechanics and hit all you know these crazy shots. I just play to chase the ball. You know, I'm literally a dog in that game. I just <laughs> chase the ball. So, uh, interesting thought I have. Curious what your take is. Yeah, so, I mean, I can't see a way of adding arena in a sensible way that doesn't include matchmaking personally like maybe mm -hmm. you could play like an unranked version in there where it just throws you in against anybody because it's a quick play or something so you just fast yeah, in sure. whatever but i think any serious mode within arena is going to have to be ranked in some sense i don't know exactly how but you would imagine the classic mmr type system where you get thrown in and when you win you got points when you lose you go down points just you know your usual elo style mm -hmm. of of uh, of points and then with the leaderboards or whatever because otherwise what's the point i mean that's the whole that's the whole point of arena is to test people's skills now <clears throat> now main tarkov obviously doesn't have that which is interesting there's actually for me there's actually pros and cons to both so i think in a competitive yeah. setting it definitely makes sense to do it with with arena but i've always had a kind of mixed opinion on mm. on both settings and you kind of somehow want to do both because one of the problems that i've always felt with super competitive games and dota 2 is kind of like this for me in some ways when i was playing it seriously which was a long time ago and it was like years ago now but the problem that i had with that was that because the skill-based matchmaking is so strong and so tight and you're always playing against people who are the same level as you it's actually hard to learn from because the, the times when you learn, right? So when I used to play real-time strategy, the, there weren't as many people playing. Mm -hmm. And so typically you'd play against a much wider band of, of opponents, right? And when you played against those people in the upper brackets, you, you'd fight your absolute hardest. But any, basically, so mistakes that you would make 
against lower tier players in your skill bracket that would go unpunished would be punished by the higher tier players and that in turn if you're consciously trying to improve that will actually drive you to be a better player better than playing against your own players um player skill bracket whereas i found in dota 2 because i was playing against people of the same skill bracket over and over again i personally found that harder to improve because i wasn't having the areas of the game where i was sucking uncovered properly by people who are better than me right like playing if you're two if you're 2k playing against like stacks of 3k players is like by far the best way you don't want them to be like 5k you don't want them to be like so high above you that, that you just get crushed no matter what you do but what you want is you want somebody who's decently enough higher rank than you that they can teach you things just by like punishing you when you do stuff right wrong, but still giving you a, the chance to breathe and not just completely like smother you right that's that's how you like slowly climb up the ladder and and i did i found that some of my progress was a bit smothered by that the fact that you know you're two and a half k or whatever and you go in and everyone's like two four twenty two two four seventy like two five forty one and like you're all just the same you're all doing the same things it's, it's really it's really tough whereas Again, like back playing Counter-Strike, and that's CS Source, before they had matchmaking at all, you just joined random servers and you'd be playing with anybody. Um, and in that, you get taught by the really good players where not to peek. And if you're in a, a mixed lobby, and Tarkov can be like that too, right, where you've got some players who are on average lower skilled, some players who are higher skilled, and you'll kill the lower skilled players. Um, and the higher skilled players, when you meet them, you'll be doing a thing, and then you'll just die. And you're like, okay, well, I shouldn't do that again. And and those moments are much more much more teachable. So if you want to improve, you actually, I don't know. I, I think I would rather take the, the no matchmaking because you still have the chance of coming up against the people who are really good, who will teach you something, even though half the time you are going to kick somebody else who's lower, but you'll teach them a lesson, I suppose. Um, but the issue is, is the higher you get and the more skilled you get, actually the less that you learn because you're just, playing against people below you all the time and so that and that's the reason why people really love going to labs right because it was only the top level pvp chats who actually went and they're playing against each other and they're all improving which is the reason why they'll like inertia um so i don't know i actually think it's kind of it's kind of mixed it is it is sort of mixed maybe matchmaking with a wide band is not the worst thing because then at least people are sort of within your you know your your realm of possibility right if you're matching somebody who's never played the game before against some dude with like 10 wipes and plays the game every day and is level 60 there's just no point having that match up so maybe a wide band matchmaking is some kind of sweet spot where you're still playing against people Mm -hmm. who are better than you but that for me that's it i mean i don't know imagine a lot of people who do play tarkov and especially people who've played them for more than one wipe do have to do some self-reflection do have to do some personal progression thinking your critical analysis of what they're doing, purposeful practice to try to get better because otherwise you just die all the time and those people who don't want to do that kind of thing typically go and play other games where you don't need to do that and you, I guess you just get put in your bracket and, and you play against other people. If you, It depends whether, you want ch- whether you're gaming to chill out or not. I mean, I, yeah, like many people in the community, I, I play because it's a challenge and it's exciting. Not everybody needs that all the time. Not everybody wants that all the time. Some people yeah. don't want it ever. So it just depends on what kind of player you are. So that's 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 my that's my view. I think Arena should definitely have it. Maybe a mode where it doesn't, just for speeding up matchmaking. And I think that regular Tarkov is actually okay without it. And if it was to be put into place, then it would be a wideband version instead for me. That that that's just me personally. No, I like that because I'm when you were talking about the issues of playing in these, you know, extremely high variance games in terms of like elo mmr skill level 
you end up like we used to do a lot of like, in houses. I ran like a help run like an in house or two in house thing, which was a lot of fun. But um, on my last anyways, and <laughs> we would have like you know base. Sometimes we have like really high variance like teams. Like we would try to balance them out, but you may have like one five k guy and a bunch of two k's, and then like a bunch of three k's on the other team, right? So you have like this yeah. one like you know guy that's playing four d chess. While everyone else is playing 2D chess. And like, I can't even comprehend 4D chess because I haven't mastered 2D chess and 3D chess yet. You know what I mean? He's yeah. like so far ahead. What he's doing doesn't even like make sense. You know, I haven't. So it's like, yeah, for sure. You don't want them to be too far ahead. But at the same time, as you said as well, when you're everyone's the exact same skill level. You're not really learning anything new. Like you're it it can get really weird where like certain metas within these like skill brackets break out where it's like Oh yeah, certain, yeah. Like in Dota 2, like a certain hero, like a certain strategy will be like it will work in that skill bracket, and then as you move up, it will stop working because it only works in that like very niche skill bracket. Like it's such a weird thing, dude. It's so weird. Yeah, that's that's pretty cool actually because we definitely see that because none of us are you know, super super good. I mean, it's I, I play really casually every now and then when my friends are on. I probably play. It's one of those things where we won't, I won't play for two weeks and then mm -hmm. I'll play like every night for three days, like maybe two or three games or something, or like two games, and then won't play again for like three weeks. It's just like really like on off casual, but it's it's one of those funny things. I think one of the sayings with our group is. Uh, invincibility is invulnerability and we're actually we are actually <laughs> past that now but like it's just like something that's stuck with us from back in the day where it's just like yeah. invisible heroes like when you first start playing the game it's just invisible yeah. heroes, you just because you have to bring specific items to, right. to, to show them then it's just back you know the low skill yeah. brackets in, invisibility is invincibility because there's just nothing anybody can do about it because everyone's trying so hard to see what all the items do and all their skills and stuff everyone yeah. gets to bring the right things and if they do bring the right things to see the people they don't use them at the right time and like it's just yeah so i i definitely i definitely appreciate that and it's quite funny because i mean dota 2 is an interesting game in that it's fiendishly complicated as well mm -hmm. one of the reasons why i quite like it but it's balanced for professional play right and so you then get these like imbalances lower down the skill bracket where things are like totally out of kilter but only because people don't know how to use the counters right so if like at the pro at the pro level if a counter is very complicated but is feasible then that's okay but down at the bottom tier that here is not really an option because no one can play them and so then they you know the i guess the problem in this situation then just becomes a real issue and just like stampedes all over everyone's games so mm -hmm. it's kind of yeah it's, it's quite it's quite funny really yeah it definitely happens like that um i get like tarkov and those kind of games are less I guess they're less complex in that respect in, in many ways. Because you yes. don't quite have that sort of interplay of like skills and abilities and all that stuff. It's um, right. It's less it's less difficult and less problematic in that sense. But I wonder if that does exist in some way. I was yeah, I was trying to think like what's the equivalent of Shadowblade or Ricky in in uh Tarkov? Like, you know, I was thinking like maybe you bring an armor, but I feel like everyone would bring armor. I think something that's like really not obvious. Maybe like, you know. I don't know, crafting your hideout or knowing that I there's guess, a Tark. Yeah. Oh, oh, I got it. I got it. The the Tarkov ballistic sheet. <laughs> just I was gonna just say learn that. the ballistic sheet. <laughs> yeah, it's not knowing the ballistic sheet. And then um everybody's had that experience where they come to 
well, Reddit or Twitter or whatever, and be like, mm-hmm. I shot the guy 25 times and he didn't right. die. This game's bullshit. You know, and that happens to everybody, right? That happens to everyone. It happened to me on my first wipe trying to do Punisher 4. And because I'd finished Punisher 3 and I died loads of times because it was still 50 scabs when I did Punisher 3, um, I died a bunch and I had loads of AK 74U. So I was like, well, I'll take these off to resort. So we went off to resort with the AK 74U with God knows what ammo. I don't even remember at this point. And yeah, the guy took like 18 hits on the stairwell and then I died and I said, this, this sucks. <laughs> and then I didn't do Punisher <laughs> again until my second wipe, which is quite funny. So uh, yeah, I, uh, that's, that's definitely one big hurdle. It's like once you have one of those moments, you go you're through the five stages of grief or whatever. And you're just like, this sucks. This is not my fault. I hate the game. This is rubbish. Hmm, maybe it was me. Okay. Wh- wh- what can I do about this? Oh, the ballistics chart exists. Oh goodness. Oh, there's the whole armor. Oh my, oh, these, oh, these rounds don't do any damage to that. Huh? Interesting. Okay. So what can I use? You know, and then it's like, it's right. that whole process of like, you, know, you you get punished and then you, you heal and you develop and then you move forwards and you've, you've broken through that first, that first barrier where you stop buying really cheap rounds because you're like, but the, but the ruble count and mm. then realize that it's the most important thing ever. Yeah, yeah, it's a, it's a funny one. Yeah, uh, where were we even? Where did we even start with that? I'm not even sure how we'd be. Oh, matchmaking. Start we're talking about matchmaking. matchmaking. Yeah, yeah, we were talking about matchmaking. So, yeah, I mean, look, I, I think, I think the matchmaking is fine to have it unmatchmade in regular mm-hmm. Tarkov. I think it's okay. I mean, it, it helps with queues as well. But yeah, part of Tarkov's big, a four. Yeah, yeah, it helps with queues, and it's supposed to be unpredictable. So sometimes you just meet, you know, Chad Megazord sixty nine. You know, mm-hmm. nuts, these nuts, mutant, <laughs> meta mutant with a whatever and BP in it. Yeah. Sometimes that happens and then you and then you, you suck and you die mm-hmm. and that's it. But yeah, I'll be interested to see what happens with the arena matchmaking modes and whether there's seasonal ladders and, and that kind of yeah. thing. It'd be, it'd, be cool. it'd be cool. I hope they do. I hope they do a bit of both ranked and casual because definitely in my later years in life, I've much I enjoy just like sometimes I just want to like chill out and just turn off my brain and hold mouse one, you know what I mean? Or whatever. So, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, it's, good. it's good. It's good. Yeah. Did you have anything else specific you wanted to mention? Yeah, just really briefly. Um, I recently took on a new client, Rock Mom, which. I'm really excited for. I didn't really know exactly what I was getting to, into, but then when I saw the footage and watched the stream, I was like, okay, I know what I'm getting into now. You know, I sort of had like a an idea, and then that was kind of just blown out of out of my expectations were blown. So, um, I'm really excited. I we we're working on a video, of course, but we're working on a strategy to get her. To partnered um, on YouTube as quick as possible, and yeah, I'm I'm really excited about everything and editing, and it's it's a lot of fun. I also found a an editing podcast which is really cool. I can't remember the name, unfortunately, I have to look it up. But um, oh, that I'll, is interesting. I'll... Yeah, I, I I meant to ask you about this, and uh, yeah, I guess now is the time as good as any because you you threw it in on that intro and then I, after by the time we got to the end of the cast like i've forgotten and i'm moving on to the next thing and then i forget <laughs> until the next week um so yeah it's good it's good i mean you, you got time amongst all the other stuff you're doing or say it again how do you how do you, how do you find how do you find the time um well right now it seems to be okay because we're 
Tarkov's in the lulls, so I guess we'll find out when White Pips. I mean, the thing is with Rock Mom is we're doing. We don't really know what we're doing, and that's what's interesting about the partnership because we're in that sort of like she's just starting out, right? And you know, she's trying to figure out her content for YouTube because stream content, YouTube content is kind of a different thing. You can take stream content and make it into YouTube content, but there's just certain variables, in my opinion, that need to be there, you know? Um, like it helps if you're a really big name like landmark you can just put stream clips up and people want to see landmark you know shoot at things right so for those people that aren't that don't have that power that presence behind them that you know there's different things you could do so um, we're trying to figure that out i'm really excited about it i think it's going to be some really unique content to tarkov i i think and hope and yeah i can't i can't wait to see what comes of it i got i got high hopes for what's going on there is this going to be is this going to be churches branching out of editing into like you know youtube strategy consultant is this is this it is this the beginning of a, a new broader career possibly i'm i'm i don't know it's interesting because i don't want to go in too much detail but me and airwing kind of have a, like a unique partnership and in that i have like a vested interest in his success so I really like that strategy because it like I get enjoyment from helping people like satisfaction. Mm-hmm. And so I can sort of leverage that to what I like doing as far as editing and it's it's just a win win. It incentivizes me to make good videos, make my edits, you know, learn more, you know, because I get a direct um you know, I get compensated for that. So it's like, yeah. So that's kind of uh, the thing that I fell into that I'm really liking because we did try a couple different um, work for hire payment methods and what we land on is, seems to be working good so far and we'll see how that goes and change need be. But yeah, it's definitely, uh, I, I am kind of like digging the whole, you know, YouTube strategy style because it's, it's, cra- it's crazy, man. I'm constantly like, I've, me and Airwing, if we get talking about YouTube, oh my god, dude, it's just crazy. And like, I feel like listening to Mr. Beast and talking to some of his podcasts, I'm just like, I'm not obsessive enough. I'm not obsessive enough. I need to watch more YouTube and be like Mr. Beast. You know, it's just yeah, 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 for sure. I mean, look, it's it's a interesting thing. I think as an editor, it's kind of one of those like you've you've tried doing some of your own stuff, and and mm-hmm. um, I think like mainly it's like doing your own things is mostly just about like ideas and like having enough stuff that you actually just like want to work on and so doing a bit of that and you've got experience there then going into doing editing for airing where i guess someone else is doing the ideas but then you're doing like the implementation side so it's mm-hmm. like okay you can just focus on that and not worry about like coming up with like new stuff you're just like okay well just like how do we implement this it's kind of good in its own right and it's um it's funny because as as editor you have a lot of power actually because it's like big it's a big 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 portion of the of how these things perform right the ideas can yeah. be great but if it's not it's not edited with impact then it, it won't it just won't function because it's a video at the end of the day and people need to either be entertained or learning or something they don't want to be bored and people will click off if they are so it's a huge percentage of, of what goes on there and so i think like maybe doing that then has taught you all of it and it's like you, you once you start pulling at the thread right you're just like oh well how do i make my edits better well then you need to learn about all sorts of other things and it's kind of like you end up just accidentally becoming 
the YouTube strategy person anyway right. because you need to know all that to a actually bit. do the editing well, right? Like if you, because this is this is always the issue that I've had in terms of like thinking. I'm I'm still not really in the in the right place for it. I don't really want to at the moment, but like thinking about the the process of you know getting editors and this kind of thing, and it's like you don't as a YouTuber you don't want an editor that just edits videos. You want an editor that understands the YouTube platform and knows right. how to edit for YouTube. That's what you right. want. And the person could be like cracked at video editing, right? Right. But if they're like a filmmaker type editor, that's not necessarily what you need, right? Even if they're really good. Because mm -hmm. there's specific things that need to happen on this platform. So it's like it's really weird. It's really, really yep. weird. So um yeah, I'm I'm sure it's gonna be a, a fun ride. Especially I think working with somebody and you know building up their channel from scratch as well. It's like actually amazing experience to go through that with somebody when it's not your content as well. Because you can actually take a proper step back and be like, this is good, this is bad, change this, don't do this. You did this and I don't like it. We're gonna change this. We're gonna try this this time. You know, I've seen this work elsewhere. Let's do that. Because when you're the one person doing it, it's like anything, right? If you're writing a book and then you get someone to proofread it and they say, oh well maybe you should do this and you know, change this part here because you're so close to it that you don't, you know, you don't see the mistakes you're making or whatever. Whereas like being one, that one step back, you've got that opportunity to do that in a way you could be more, uh, I guess, consistently critical as opposed to inconsistent. Because people are critical of their own work, sure, but maybe focus on the wrong things. You know, they're like hyper focused on this one particular piece, whereas this whole section is just like missing, but they think it's fine. But um, I mean, yeah, it's just like I've talked to people about, about various things and people are like why do you do this and i'm just like very good question i've uh, it's because i've done it for two years and that's the way thing <laughs> that's the way i've always done this and they're like yeah you should change that and i'm just like yeah i probably should and it's just like even little conversations like that it just makes makes a big difference so yeah i um i wish you the best of luck with it it's great you have to keep mm -hmm. all of us um up to date and entertained on, on what's going on with that I'll, I'll watch watch out the channel have you done anything on the channel specifically yet have you actually like no edited anything for the channel okay i mean i'm i'm Does working it... on a project and it's i've sure. put a lot of time to it but i want it to be really successful we we, we got a strategy and um yeah that's it's i feel like there's a big gap in the tarkov content creation space like a lot of opportunity um and i don't know why that is but I, yeah, I don't know. It's just it's just a weird space, man. It's not like any other gaming space, but so I'm excited to see what we can do there and get the podcast I wanted to shout out that I mentioned earlier. The editing podcast is the Cutting Corner podcast for any editors out there, or, or if you want to make your own YouTube videos, might be of some use to you. I so that the first guest they had on, I've only listened to one episode. I've only made it like halfway through because I constantly have to like pause, go look up what they're saying and watch it or, or learn about it. There's so much like value in that podcast. It's insane, at least for me. But one of the guys I had on was an, is an editor for um, uh, Jack Spice, Spidey C, Spice, Jack, Jack, whatever. And um, Jack Septiguy. Jeps at the guy, thank you. And what's the other guy? Corpse, Corpse Husband. I don't mm. know if you've heard that name. And he talked about his most proud YouTube video, and I went and looked it up, and it has thirty million views. Just like God, that's insane, <laughs> dude. And yeah, it's really, it's been like. So I saw that. I'm like, okay, I need to watch every frame by frame, <laughs> frame by frame analysis engaging. I'm <laughs> just like trying to <laughs> soak it all in. It's great, dude. It's great. So. That's interesting. I'll have to look it up as well because I'm always looking for more of these kind of things given that I still do everything myself and I'm 
slowly improving you know it's, uh, yeah. uh, me and Church were talking about this just before the, the cast started you know the, the low time in Tarkov when BSG does an event and drives half the player base away and then we just sit at a low a nice low level and everyone's just kind of chilling waiting for the new content to arrive it's a perfect time to take a step back to reevaluate what you're doing you know learn some new skills that kind of thing I mean that's what I've been doing anyway trying to go out of the comfort zone with with different types of edits different styles of video and just just having a having a go you know just having a go that's what it's all about so i'm still looking up new things and yeah the number of times even now like i think again it's it's the same as with everything i actually like what you said about every five seconds you have to pause and go and look up something and there's been there's been so many different things that i've done throughout my life that i've learned that's exactly that where mm-hmm. you go i want to do i mean Poker is a really good example, actually, because I knew nothing about that game at all. And I played one game at university with some friends. And I was like, I don't know anything about this game, but I'm going to learn it. And from that moment, it was like, okay, I'm just going like, to consume the stuff and read the things. And you read, like, you go on the you know, a forum post and someone's like, start like there's just buzzwords from literally like the second word and you're like <laughs> yeah. oh god and you just you just start looking stuff up and you're like what right. does this mean what does this mean what does this mean and sometimes even in the definition you have to look up stuff in that but then as you as you read more and more things over a process of you know a couple of weeks to a couple of months you start to you be able to read an entire post without having to look something up but if that just relentless search Mm-hmm. for information it's the same thing as with tarkov too right it's like when you first come into the game it's that relentless search for information you read through the subreddit and you go what does he mean by that what does he mean by this you know what's the chad what what you know how does, how does this function what <laughs> right what's, you know fragmentation or then you're going through the wiki and just like reading everything it's the same as with really anything and that's yeah that, that's that's interesting so i'll i'll have a look myself and i'll, I'll let you know what I, what I think of it because there's not that many kinds of there's not many resources really that are really good. There's lots of resources that are either super super detailed about mm-hmm. one individual thing or they're too broad right. and, and say, "Oh, you just need to you just need to do this. You just mm-hmm. need to keep the viewers engaged." Right? And you're just like, mm-hmm. "That's great." But where do I go from like keeping people engaged down to like creating some kind of mask that allows me to do a transparent fill around, you know, it's like this, like the yeah. two, they're like yeah. two things. It's like, I need something in the middle here where it's, you know, how do you do this to get to that? You know, that kind of thing. So that'd be kind of interesting. Well, I would listen and have a think about it, but yeah, I wish you well in your endeavors, dude. It's, uh, it sounds like things are, things are picking up and you're developing and growing. Who knows one day you're going to follow in the footsteps of our friend who we had on that one time sarcastic brit and the next thing you know you'll be editing for festily and then you'll be <laughs> off editing for multi-million subscriber youtubers or whatever who, who knows who knows who knows but i i like i genuinely in all seriousness though i do actually think that there's such a huge opportunity in general in this world there's so many people on youtube doing so many things it's such yeah. a massive industry actually um just because youtube is so big it's just it's so big and there's so many people doing doing stuff and the value of even getting somebody from no channel to a small channel where they feel like they can then actually do something else. Like there's just, there's a lot of value to it. And I think a lot of people underestimate the, the skill of it. It's there's a strategy Mm -hmm. and a skill to doing these things. It's not just random luck. Sometimes it is, but there's also surefire ways of doing it. And there's people who've just slowly just, ground and ground and ground and ground figured out the yeah. way to do the, do this stuff and, and make it work so 
yeah it's um it's fascinating best of luck best of luck and you yeah. have to and then you'll have to share the video when it's done when your first project's done you'll have to show us all we'll all watch it sounds good yeah i and i just want to say that i think the harder part is like i don't want to take any credit away from editing but i think the harder part is at least for me is the creative aspect and like knowing how to make a good youtube video and like how to have a good create that idea because there's there is a that's the thing i think is there's a lot of opportunity like i i'll just throw out some arbitrary number i feel like 80 percent of the youtube channels are just like less than a thousand subscribers maybe even less than that number but i don't know i would i would actually love to look at the stats on something like that but yeah it's I really think the hardest part is that creative side and really trying to keep someone's attention in a video, you know, so for more yeah. than five seconds or, you know, 15 seconds. So, yeah. That's the thing that's funny about it because you're trying to keep their attention, but you'll only keep their attention if it's high quality to that person. You know, if it's if it's engaging and high quality, then they'll stay. So it's so it's it's not like there's any it's not like there's anything underhand going on or anything like that, right? It's like mm -hmm. if they're engaged, they're engaged, and if they're engaged, they're enjoying it, and that's the reason why they're staying. So it's about making something that's engaging and enjoyable. It's really as simple as that. So yeah, how exactly to do that is another question. But yeah, no, it's, it's fun. It is fun. It's fun. Now, obviously, everyone wants to make things that are that people enjoy. You don't want to make videos that people don't enjoy because there's, there's no point in that. So, yeah, no, it's good. It's good. There's a lot of opportunities. So definitely a lot of opportunities. I mean, yeah, as you say, there's not that many. I, th I think also, though, Tarkov's a kind of a weird one. Like, if you're talking about Tarkov specifically, it is a little bit strange because it is a niche game at the end of the day. It is a niche game. So you've only got so much room, I guess. Yeah. There's a decent amount, but I mean, you look at, like, the big... I mean, I'm not even sure how many uh, subscribers Pestily has now, but you look at the, yeah, the biggest... something. I looked up the okay, other day. Fine. <laughs> Yeah, so he's got 600 and something, and like Landmark, who I guess would be the big streamer YouTube channel, is like 324,000 subscribers. Mm -hmm. So that's kind of, you know, the the top of the field, which is really quite small for YouTube. You know, you've yeah. got people who are like General Sam, but they're making different different types of content. So it's it's a funny one right it's 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 right. a it's a funny one it's it's a little it's a little world all of its own and i think we spoke with jesse a little bit about how rust is just like way bigger for content creation because the game lends itself to it right so more of tarkov is like educational stuff less entertainment and the entertainment ones where you can really pull in the big numbers because i'm not going to watch a video about something in educational in rust because i don't play the game but i can quite easily go and watch zichum's video about rust because it's self-explanatory and is just a good story and something yeah. or something cool happens right and so that there's just a bigger pool of potential people who can come and watch this, the content so it just makes sense right the, the channels the channels are bigger and i think that's the funny thing about tarkov is that there's quite a few channels i mean lots of little channels and there's quite a few channels between what like 5k and 50k kind of thing and then there's a another bunch between like 50k and 100k and then there's a couple of breakout people like Pestley and landmark and a few others but it's most people are either around the 100k mark or below you don't see that many people carrying on and jumping up through the 200k you know it's mm. it's, it's a 
it's a funny space. It's a niche space, but it's what you make of it. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Yep, yep, yep. I had one other random thing that I was going to say and mention, but it doesn't really connect to anything else. But I'm going to say it anyway. Okay. And it was... It was a comment that I read somewhere around, which because I've always been super positive about like the story mode in mm-hmm. Tarkov, about like the 1.0 and that kind of thing. And I think it was on Twitter actually, but somebody wrote something that resonated with me, and they said, "Give it, seeing how like the Lightkeeper and the events story is being portrayed so far." They said, "I'm actually a bit worried about the main storyline of EFT because." In my mind, that was never really in question, right? It was just like, oh, the main story's going to come out and it's going to be sick. But it, like after reading that, I was just like, hmm, I never really considered that the main storyline would suck or be bad <laughs> or not or not be great. Like, yeah. like, do we know anything about BSG storytelling? Well, not really, right? I mean, then we know that they know how to make, at least to, you know, a certain level, right? Once you get up to a couple of you know, hundred hours, a game that's extremely um, addictive and great gameplay and all that kind of stuff, right? Which is, which is, you know, undoubtable, right? Unless you've played through, like, multiple wipes and then, yeah, you, you know where the flaws are and all the cracks, right? You, you're, like, right up close to it. Now you can, oh, I can see the bit where the painter missed on the on the painting. But so many players are standing further back and it's just, you know, Tarkov is a, is a masterpiece in its own right, you know, for what it does and what it's done to the gaming space. And the fact that so many people try to copy it is a testament to that. But we don't know really anything about their storytelling. The only thing that we've seen so far is these events. And after that comment, I was like, yeah, I never really had in my mind that the storyline potentially could even not be that great. And it got me really worried. It got me really worried about like the 1.0 release of the game. And I was just like, man, if the story is not that good, then that's going to be such a like gut punch because that's really going to be the underpinning for the whole release and the way that it feels. I don't know. I got, I got all concerned about it. So... I don't know what else to say, but I just like I'd never even considered yeah. it as a possibility. I think that was the problem, and seeing the way that some of the lore and, and the events have been have been done, I think it's kind of cool the way that the way that they've been done necessarily. But we haven't really had any story be told so far. We've got some characters. Maybe there's still more to come, but so far it just seems kind of like a bit random. We've had like the random lightkeeper thing, but then the event mm-hmm. hasn't actually happened. We've got these characters that are now starting to appear in a couple of different places, but. There's not really been any like actual resolution for any of them or really any development or they haven't really done anything. It's like, oh no. <laughs> you know what I mean? I yeah. Hope, I, hope, I hope that this doesn't happen that way. Right. It's it's really hard to say one way or the other. I mean, I don't want to take what they currently have, like the trader quest, and use that as like, oh, this is what we can expect. I'll just I'll kind of like sidestep the question and just say what I really like, and that's environmental storytelling. When I do my edits, especially now, I'm trying to focus more on show not tell when it comes to like story beats and whatever. Um, you know, if this is like, and we killed a, you know, rat that was camping in D two, and then it just cuts to the rat's dead body. You know, you wouldn't want to do that because it's a it's a medium, the video medium. Whereas in video games, you know, you're actively participating in the thing. You know, you're experiencing it within the controller or whatever, and you you know, there's, there's a feedback. So I think of like Valve games. You know, I'll, I'll use Portal Two for an example, and or Portal rather, in that you know, there's a story, but 
it's like meta because you're you're trying to escape you know you're testing this traveling thing you know and it's like clearly like level one level two you know it's kind of like meta but there's a story and as you progress the levels you can start to see bits and pieces of the story coming like there's a cracked like one of the one of the panels is like broken and you go in and there's like crazy scrabblings you know scribblings on the wall like don't trust glados and things like this and so you're like oh what's going on you know the facility's a fake it's a lie you know so there's like again it's that idea of like you know don't tell me show me you know have me like participate in it so as long as they do something like this and that's why i really like their maps like their map design because i feel immersed in in the tarkov universe you know but if you're gonna give me if the storyline quest is just a big long text from prapper i'm sorry i'm just like not gonna read it i'm not gonna care i'm gonna click the thing and then see what my objectives are and do it you know i'm not gonna i'm not gonna be that engaged like that's kind of how it is for me a bit with the um, lore events is that because they're in Russian and you got to like translate, I'm just not going to do that stuff. I just at the end, they want to know what the, me- the mechanic is, you know, but if like it actually happened in game, like I just watched Prapper, you know, he was actually in the raid and he was gone the next day. I was like, dude, what happened? You know, and maybe there was like a, a, a Prapper, you know, scribbled something down on this thing you could read it in the raid you know in the game or something you know something like this yeah cake is a lie thank you (laughs) so that's kind of where i sit on that's like i'm a bit of a valve fanboy granted but that's kind of like my bar for them problem is portal one is like a masterpiece of of that kind of storytelling right this is Mm -hmm. this is the issue it's like it's its own whole skill i remember seeing i think it was i'm pretty sure it was portal one a documentary that they made about the process of doing it and basically having to test every room and every yeah. section to slowly bootstrap players to look up and teach train them to do things that they right. need to do later on and stuff right and the, the number of iterations they went through to actually get it into a way that the whole thing felt seamless is honestly mm-hmm. insane it's like it's a, a whole different skill doing something like that making a game like that than it is making talk of as it is now it's like it's a different completely different ballpark I mean, have you? I think I may have spoken to you about this a long time ago. Have you? Do you have you played Subnautica? No. Okay, because Subnautica has the same vibe, and it's okay. It's that sort of. I don't need the game to tell me where to go because it gives me enough clues, and I feel like I'm figuring it out myself. But I'm mm. not. It's just immaculate game design. That's how Subnautica feels, you know. That's got that's that's much slower. That's got much more of a kind of Minecrafty survival kind of feel. I actually think that you would like Subnautica a lot. Really? Okay. Because I mean, it's single player, sure, but it's also like scary as hell because mm. you're you know you're under the water and like it's I don't know it's 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 good it's good and then for the first well it's very like weaponless as well to begin with so it's like that kind of adds to the tension because you're just like building stuff you're just like building like modules and trying not to have everything like explode okay. and just you don't know you don't know what like things just appear and you just don't know what they are and you have to sort of figure them out it's it's good and so it's like it's very much a feels like a like a nice mental logical sort of puzzle challenge to like put stuff together and you have to figure out like where to go and you use the clues to get there and it took me it actually took me a long like quite a while because i was just fiddling with stuff and testing things out um but it feels very organic and so that's the kind of gameplay experience that that you'd want exactly as you said with with portal um i just don't i don't know if they have the not the ability but you know that 
I, I use the, the word technology in like the loosest sense, but just mm-hmm. kind of the the person tech, you know, to have actually gone and made a game like that, to have right. been through that testing process, to understand training players, because right right now the game doesn't do any of that, right? People no. have to rely on outside sources and watch videos and things. So that makes me wonder how it's going to work. <laughs> Yeah, that's that's the other side of it too, is like the logistics behind it. Like is it a single player story in a multiplayer setting? You know what I mean? Because to me it would be written on and, and again, this is like this is probably too much. Like I you know, this is too high of a bar. But having like your story affect my story, you know, would be like a crazy thing in a multiplayer you know like mm. world. Like I don't know, that'd just be insane. Like I don't even know. So, yeah, I don't know either. I, th- I do think it's going to feel weird for veteran players, no matter what, because if you're a brand new player in Tarkov, the scavs are very scary and very deadly. Mm. Whereas for us, we don't really care. You know, we know we know what the deal is. We know how to kill them pretty easily. So, balancing that is going to be not that not that easy. Oh, I don't know. Just like the more I think about it, the more I feel that it just it can't be that good i had i have my doubts like how can it how can it be they don't have the experience i just don't i don't feel you know valve's had got people who've been building these games for years right and they produce a masterpiece like portal after countless hours of testing and revisions and going back through everything and Mm. like i just feel that because they don't necessarily have access to those kind of developers because of where they're situated because they haven't done any of that in their games before they don't have any prior experience i'm just not sure how they can be expected to produce something of that same quality it would be unfair to expect that even right um, yeah. which was sort of I mean, it was sort of my assumption before because i hadn't really thought about it but i literally saw one i should never go on twitter there's sort of one <laughs> comment so one tweet and I've, I've, my whole my whole universe about 1.0 storytelling just started to crumble around me yeah oh man I, we'll, we'll see we'll see but i mean at least at least it's probably paired me back to some kind of like reasonable expectation mm. as opposed to being like crushed or bitterly disappointed if it turns up and it's hello stranger you must go and get the, the bronze pocket watch oh no i thought it was supposed to be a side quest oh it is it is but it's the start of the main oh do you do you want to kill kill five scouts and get two shotguns off? oh <laughs> uh, yeah we'll see we'll see i've we'll heard see. I'll be briefly, but I've, I've heard... I would like to actually look up Tobias's post and see if he has any detailed information about this. Um, but I've heard some people theorize that it would be like a... You know, everyone enters a raid and they're on their own story quest and you hit a trigger and then your story plays out in that raid with everyone else. So, like, if your trigger was, you know, to go to the, let's use the, the raid series example, you're on shoreline, you gotta go to the RUAF port thing that's walled off, you know. Your trigger happens because you spawn on the map and now there's rogues at the port thing, you know, and that affects everyone. I don't know. It, Yeah, who knows? We'll see. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. Oh, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Poor Giga, he's, he's all like gloomy now at his bubble was popped mm. off one Twitter post. You it, know was. What? it was. You should, you should double down, say no, mute that guy. 
Live in, <laughs> live in ignorance is bliss. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> I don't, I, you know, I don't, I don't mute anybody on Twitter. Mm. Secret fact. I, I try not to mute anybody. I like to see all of the random rubbishy posts that people put out because I don't want to live in an echo chamber. I want to see even yeah. posts I don't like. I want to see them. You know, I try not to mute anybody, which is, I think, brave. But yeah, I don't know. It's okay. Also, I, I don't, I don't find myself getting. Mm, I, I don't. People don't really upset me either. I'm not just mm-hmm. kind of what I am. I'm not really phased by what people talk about on the internet, especially random strangers. So. It doesn't really bother me what other people say particularly. I just try to absorb it, absorb it all. Although I have, I do feel recently, I'm not sure exactly what happened, but I almost put a tweet out, but I thought it was too sarky and I didn't. You know, there was a big, a big phase about maybe a day or two ago, people saying, oh, if you click latest tweets instead of top tweets, then oh, yeah, you, know, you get a completely it. different feed. Mm-hmm. And, um, and and I, I changed it and I was like, ah, I have a completely different set of also totally relevant tweets. I was like, both both suck. Like, I don't really like Twitter at the best of times. I've never really enjoyed it. Um, most of the time it's rubbish. And top tweets is rubbish. And right. chronological tweets I also thought was rubbish. So I was like, maybe this is the fact I don't mute enough people. I don't know. <laughs> maybe this is my own fault. Well, I think it's pro- like I can hear and you talk that you don't mute people because I have muted people before. And I think that spending more time on the platform probably directly correlates to me muting people you know like if you think about like like you know if i mute someone my you know i would say my reasons because like god it is just you literally ruined my day with that tweet you know just like an awful like a just like cringe like pure cringe reading like oh this was on my feed i had to read it you know like (laughs) (laughs) so if i just spend less time on twitter I don't have to mute anybody because <laughs> I just probably won't see the cringe tweets, you know? <laughs> yeah, I, I feel like I feel like maybe this is my problem because I've been noticing this recently. So the you might like mm-hmm. topic. Is that like on the side? No, it's in the middle, but it says like, oh. you might like topic, see more. Hmm. And I feel like something is broken with my Twitter feed algorithm. So I literally just refreshed it now. The first one is a you might like suggestion of some random guy who I don't know who it is. He's five to one through the group of death. I don't even know what game. Um, the next one is a Tarkov streamer, but just like a clip of their stream. The third one, I don't know who that is. Another tournament one. The fourth one is another tournament one. And and the first four posts, five, maybe, maybe I'm not even in the right place. Like, just it's just like every, like I've got like strings of like three or four posts in a row that are all this like suggested you might like thing. I might just need to delete that because something about it's not working. And I'm seeing more and more and more and more unrelated stuff. And I don't like it. I think this maybe is my issue. Anyway, social media rant over. So my Twitter's yeah. just a cesspit and it's just not, it's just random things that I don't care about. It's, it used to work quite well. I don't know what I did, but now it's, now it's just, a random assortment of people mm. I don't know and topics that I don't care about. <laughs> oh, Twitter, Twitter. Love it and hate it. And on that joyous note, <laughs> see you guys later. No, I guess we, I guess we should finish up, shouldn't we? I guess we should. Yeah, but up. not really. <laughs> let's, <laughs> let's end it there. But, uh, that's a good place to stop with Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Uh, seriously, guys, thank you for tuning in as always. Appreciate the support. And as always, 
catch you next week. Bye-bye.